You're listening to What's Up Social Media, a review of last week's happenings in the social media world with some Trini seasoning. And now, here's your host, Keisha Lewis. Hey, hello everyone, and welcome back. Now, firstly, I'd like to apologize for being a day late. For those of us that really look out for this episode on a Monday, um, the reason is because I have a really wonderful treat for you this week. I had an interview with one of our local communications professionals. His name is Shahad Ali, and he currently works with the EMA, the Environmental Management Authority in Trinidad and Tobago. And um, the conversation was so useful. There was so much information, so many nuggets that it took me quite a while to really um, pull out and decide which clips to include in the episode. So that that had me, you know, literally pulling out my hair at certain points. So what I decided to do is um, I've included specific clips from the conversation, which went on for about uh, about 15 minutes or so and um, included it in this podcast, in this episode of the podcast. And I also took out other little clips, you know, little fun clips, other salient points that I would be sharing on Facebook and Instagram during the week. Now, of course, the format of this podcast is supposed to be about weekly news. But because this interview, it had so much really good information that touches on the themes that we cover repeatedly every week. I decided to make this episode exclusively about that. However, I will also be posting about the news of the past week on my Facebook page as well as on Instagram. So listen out at the end of the episode and I will spell out for you where you can find me on Facebook and where you can find me on Instagram with the various posts of News of the Week, other clips from this interview that I didn't include in the podcast, and so on. Right? So, let's begin. Firstly, I'd like to start by reading for you his bio, just to give you an overview of the person that I was able to talk to this past week. Um, in fact, it's been a conversation that we've been having for about two weeks, and that's why you'll be hearing us saying, oh, we talked about this last week and talked about that last week. So it was a conversation we we conducted in two parts and recorded the last, the, the, the second part. And um, it, was, it was really great. So I'm just going to give you a quick bio of Shahad Ali, okay? Um, Shahad is a communications professional with a background in environmental natural resources management, journalism, public relations, theater, and the arts. He has worked for state organizations and non-profit initiatives where he uses social media as a key element to promote the organization's purpose, products, or key messages. He is the founder of Connective Pros a platform that was created for like-minded individuals to network through the tenants of public relations, marketing, and media. Through this platform, 
he has been able to test the demographic of Trinidad and Tobago on their response to business events, ideas, and services through the sole use of social media. He has studied at the University of the West Indies, St. Augustine, University of the West Indies, Roytech, and is currently enrolled at the University of South Wales in the United Kingdom. In his spare time, he often looks at insightful videos to gain knowledge on offbeat topics such as astrology, human behavior, and the more common do-it-yourself projects. And that's Shahad Q. Ali for you, public relations, marketing, and media professional. Now, links to his social media um, page, uh, in particular for Connected Pros, will be provided in the show notes. All right? So, that's Shahad Ali, and let's go on to the interview. Our conversation started with a discussion of the platforms available locally and their impact. We also touched on the shift of young people away from Facebook. I came across a vlog or, or something and they were talking and they were like they were interviewing a younger millennial, so uh, one of the younger ones, and then they and and literally she was in a job interview. And when she was in this job interview, um, she was basically um, the, the the interviewer, which was an older guy, a baby boomer, mm-hmm. was interviewing her and asking her, you know, you know, I will require you to be on social media, whatever the case may be. And she she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, etc. And then mm-hmm. the guy was like, I'm surprised you didn't say Facebook. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, Facebook is for old people. Yeah. And, <laughs> right? and then I was like, okay, I, that doesn't speak to me, right? It doesn't speak to me that Facebook is for old people, right? Mm-hmm. And then it did. I actually um, was, a, was a, uh, at a workshop with one of my um, company, well, one of my companies that, that recruit me. Um, and we were working for um, a little program that is in South Trinidad, it's with one of the oil companies, and it was a one-day program that they called me out for just to speak to them about sub-development and resume writing, interview tips, that sort of thing. Yeah. And social media came up in the conversation with these kids, and these kids are ages um, 14 to 19. And they told us that they are not on Facebook. They are on Instagram, they are on Snapchat. Yeah. Facebook yeah. is not relevant to them, right? And, you know, it ties back to both why Facebook possibly might be losing some of its value in its stock, as well mm-hmm. as to the point where we're talking about demographics and if a social media platform is effective. Um, Facebook really has a very much more mature audience if it is if it is that you're targeting certain things. Yes, it's a general audience, I admit, but if you're looking for a specific younger audience, you'll refer to platforms such as Instagram and Snapchat. Snapchat particularly, I have downloaded Snapchat. I don't use it, it's not appealing to me. But the doggy filter, for example, will be very appealing to a 16 year old. They will take a doggy filter photo probably once every week. You know, it's appealing to them. It's appealing appealing to that age bracket, right? Um, What you would find is a lot of cross platform integration. So people would shoot their stories on Snapchat and then re-upload it to Instagram. But at the same time, Snapchat is a preferred choice for their graphics and that kind of thing and the filters that they have. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there was one that they called the whole filter, which was like you know the little 
the flowers on top of their head. It was actually a great oh, filter. It makes you look yeah, flawless. Like yes. The, yes. <laughs> I think they call that the home filter. I, I guess my little cousins could correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Right? Uh, and my little cousins, <laughs> by the way, are like 19 and 21. Eh? And the thing oh is, my they, God. Are still, they are in that. Yeah, I call them my little cousins, but they're not so little anymore. But mm. they are the ones who would use Snapchat more regularly and Instagram more oh, regularly. Okay. One of them is actually not even on Facebook. She's not on Facebook, so she doesn't yeah. use it. Right? Yeah. So slowly but surely, because a little irrelevant and you know in the, in the little pockets of, of demographic samples that i've experienced with such as with the kids that i had experienced down south to speak they literally said that they don't use um they don't use facebook it's for old people like me i guess right <laughs> so even if facebook was to let's say hypothetically die there are so many other social media platforms that are already picking up much traction last week yeah. we were talking about traction you get on instagram as opposed to facebook one of my colleagues even mentioned to me that if you have a facebook page you need to have funds because that's the only way you're going to get views on a facebook page it's probably, mm-hmm. probably better off having a business profile on instagram as opposed yeah. to having a business a profile on facebook because yeah. advertising is, in, is increasing to me facebook pages are fast becoming like websites it's add credibility to your brand it's fast becoming like that yeah right? online so it's not basically it's yeah. not that it's completely useless, but to me, it has credibility because to me and, and, and my colleagues agree with me. If it is that you're a business, if you're a restaurant and I'm coming into your restaurant and I pull up my phone and I can't find your page, it doesn't make sense I come in inside here. Yeah, I should probably go back outside. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know what you're doing. Reason being yeah, is because yeah. when we... Because I've been really honest, I've been really honest with you. When it is that um we're going out to a new place, we pull up our phones, we look for the Facebook page, right? And right. we want to see the reviews. I want to see what peers, what my peers are saying about this place. Sir. You know, exactly. when I yeah, check yeah. out a place, I check to see who which which friend, which friend has checked in before. I message them and say, "Have you stayed here before? I want to know what mm-hmm. it's like. What do you mm-hmm. advise me to do?" Yeah, right? exactly. So if exactly. I'm going into a place and you don't have a Facebook page what are you going inside there for? Anybody <laughs> to tell me that your food is tastes good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the reality for a lot of people. That's how it is. That's the reality. It reached that Trinidad reality. already. Yeah. Because again, what? Trinidad is a place people always check in on each other. You see, you know? people don't like that. I see Trinidad and Tobago, we don't like that mm-hmm. sense of accountability. You see that sense of accountability mm-hmm. is scary. You put yeah. up a Facebook page if you have a restaurant, right? You have a restaurant, right? You have a rating system. Your food's so bad, it rated one star. And you can't mm. delete reviews on a, on a Facebook page. Yeah, that's, that's just yeah. the reality. You are afraid of accountability. Why are you afraid that someone will rate you down? If you, if someone is going to rate you down, you should be prepared to deal with it. And if not, improve the quality of your, of your services. It, exactly. Social media makes businesses accountable. And it's yeah. something that we are, we're very shy about. I mean, we try to hide. We try to hide things in Trans Tobago. That's mm-hmm. our culture, you know. We want to do our this and that and the yeah. other, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I, I want to make a nice macaroni pie, but half the macaroni pie finished. But what we could do tomorrow, we could just sprinkle some cheese in the pit back in the oven and send it back out. But when somebody <laughs> tastes that, they go straight on your face, but you say this thing tastes stale, you understand what I'm saying? So, yes. you know, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Yeah. That's the reality. But people don't like the level of accountability. They like to hide and do their ratchet things so that, you know, they can make more money. Exactly. That's why they stay away from it. Everybody say Facebook is to market people business. That's exactly, that's actually part of the purpose because people want to market market businesses back to see what's going on. I get a better yeah. sense of things through social media. I want to know what people are talking about. I need to know. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you have to really think about the platforms in which you want to to to, to, to target your demographic. Um, last week you also mm -hmm. touched about Pinterest and the the appeal yeah. to more females and appeal to more creative individuals. We spoke about Tumblr, Tumblr being a, a platform for people to blog, express their feelings, a little more frank, it's a little more explicit. Um, yeah. You know, any kind of content could be placed there and it, it doesn't, it is not usually too much of a problem. Um, right. Twitter, Twitter is also picking up some traction with a lot of news media outlets. I'm subscribed to all news media outlets in Trans-Tobago and they utilize uh, Twitter very yeah. often. So when That's something breaks, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get the notifications immediately. We also talked about the online video economy with respect to YouTube, Twitch, etc. And why now is the best time for local pioneers to emerge? Well, I spoke to a couple of YouTubers in Trinidad and Tobago, and um, a couple of them were telling me that in terms of how YouTube is monetized, it's not the same scheme in which it's applied to the US and other, and other areas. It's a different right. scheme for Trinidad and Tobago because I believe you do get funding, but it's 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 difficult it's very extremely difficult you have to get a lot of views in order for you to to get a payment from uh, from the united states um and from the from the from the company youtube right mm -hmm. um in terms of how are we how our video economy will grow in terms of if, if trinidad and tobagoians will get on youtube like i said last week the time to get on that platform is now if you're really into video making if you're really into vlogging it's something that you should try now uh, the only reason that trinidad, trinidad and tobagoians were never really in tune with get doing videos or youtube is because we didn't have the infrastructure to do it now that we have fiber optic cables broadband internet etc mm -hmm. um we're able to upload videos at a much quicker rate as opposed to the rates that we had from before um we also have different um companies that offer internet services so basically you know you have different options so the monopoly has mm -hmm. been broken and there is internet at a cheaper price i remember dial i remember dial up was extremely expensive he also talked about the problem of many senior executives being somewhat reticent about social media, even while they understand the need to use it in business, and how that can cause some difficulties for the professionals that work under them. He did, however, also point out ways in which social media professionals can get around that problem. Um, I've been to interviews for social for a social media position whereby they tell me that they're not very familiar with social media and wow. um, that in itself is very dangerous and I'll tell you why. If you are a social media advocate or social media practitioner or just a, a very frequent social media user and you're applying for a job let's say as a social media marketer you could literally pull wool over the seniors' eyes by telling them that yeah. you're able to do something when you're actually not capable of doing so. So it's right. such a dangerous precedence for individuals or professionals who are seniors, let's say within the ages 35 to 45, who are right. not on social media, who don't believe in social media, but recognize that social media is a critical part of their business function. When you go to interview someone, that person, because you have a lack of knowledge of the platforms, they could pull over all over your eyes. So it's very mm -hmm. important that everyone in the business field actually gets on it, right? Yeah. Um, and all that influences, you know, in terms of how we treat with social media. So the whole fact that a lot of our um, our demographic is on social media is mostly between the ages of 18 to 35 or even 45 the majority mm -hmm. of let's say senior uh, management professionals even if they do have social media platforms they're not very mm -hmm. active on it they just have it for having it sick 
Right, so in right. terms of how we, and, and this is this is the challenge that I've that I've been experiencing. When you have a supervisor who's not experienced in social media, and you are supposed to take instruction from them, it frustrates the professional who's into social mm -hmm. media who wants to work with social media, but they can't get mm -hmm. the guidance necessary. So instead, right. they have to charter a course. But how could they charter a course when they don't have the authority to charter that course? Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and that, that's the thing. So if you are a social media professional, you should actually be looking for vacancies whereby you actually have some kind of autonomy. You know, because if you yeah. have to report to a senior who is not first in social media, you're going to be very frustrated. It's going to, it's going to frustrate you. So what I found myself doing, because in the past I have been in state organizations where I utilize social media, I try to do my social media business or social media advice and consultancy on the outside. So I would speak to a friend, I'd speak to a colleague, I would speak to a new client, and then I will actually devise a plan. You know, right, I always right. say social media is not particularly an exact science. It can be, obviously, when you study your audience, you study your metrics, and you set up a plan. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, social media is constantly changing. So it's something that you have to keep abreast with at all times. A personal experience with one of his favorite brands interacting with him on social media quickly shifted to a discussion about the power of user-generated content. For example, um, I guess this is a much-known fact um, among my peers and among um, my supporters and stuff like that, or my colleagues. They know I like white mm -hmm. oak rum, and as how I just always be glued to their Instagram page. And I think I took a picture of um, my white oak bottle stuck into the sand of the beach, and they they mm -hmm. shared my photo on their story on the Instagram story. Well, I just yeah. I just went crazy. So I realized that um every time I I'm I'm, I'm having a bottle with some friends, I'm gonna be taking a very creative picture so I could try and get them to you know mm -hmm. keep resharing my stories. That, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and look yeah. at that. They're getting people to know. I mean, that's the whole point of user generated content. You get yeah, your yeah. fans to now market for you. You know, you know like, yeah, so sorry, go ahead, yeah. No, it's strange that you mentioned that, and I need to take it up because you remember I told you I'm, I'm studying my MBA, right? I was right. actually doing, um, I was actually studying a lot about competitive advantage recently, and they were talking about that whole thing about strategy and that strategy and the way in which how people use strategy, they need to actually build relationship better with their customers and their clients, right? And it's more of about co-facilitation in terms of getting value. So, right. for example, um, so for example, you know, like a lot of individuals would have um, their strategic plan posted on their website, so for their customers to see. But they, but a lot of new businesses are going beyond that. They want to engage their customers to actually have a relationship and a conversation, so that they co-create value. So value is not just about any product or the service that you offer, but product is now, but but creating value is actually a conversation between yourself and your consumer. Right. Yeah. I believe so. I was reading that that article, and I believe social media could support that in the same in, in the same way in which you speak about it. Because by sharing and sharing content, you're actually encouraging individuals to feel a part of the product. You know, exactly. you feel open to it. It's like you're starting a conversation by resharing the the, the, the post that a consumer would have, would have would have sent to you. So it's basically really developing a conversation, and and, and in that way, they don't have that's too much about creating content they have they yeah. have their they have their consumers creating content for them yeah, right exactly so 
So it's 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 core value. We are we are we are collect. I'm collectively creating value with White Oak. You know, right. I am showing them I have value in this, and they want to show others that hey, look, Shahad has value in our product, yeah. and you are offering an alcoholic beverage, and you you keep resharing content, but then you realize that a lot of the individuals who are sharing content in the space of a month, let's say there's 5,000 active users in the Port of Spain area, but 2,500 users are actually taking out photos, let's say at a, at a beach side or at a river within that area, right? That's just hypothetically speaking, right? 2,500 mm -hmm. users in the space of let's say three months, right? You as a content marketer, you're getting that kind of analytics. You have to take that analytics into consideration Go to your brand manager and say, hey, these are the analytics. You know what we need to do? Beach party at the end of the month. Let's kind of, ah. let's get this organized. You understand? Because yeah, yeah. you realize a lot of your users or consumers are taking pictures with the alcoholic beverage at the beach. You understand? Ah, so once you start engaging individuals, the, the amount of data and analytics that you get, and not just that, you actually get so much more analytics in terms of timing, where, 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 when and where are people liming. So you will know when, to, when is the time to have your event? When are these people posting this? When are they relaxing? Is it usually at the end of the month when they get paid? Or is it at the beginning of the month? Is it in the middle of the month? When is it? When is it? Yeah. So you get, get a lot of insight through social media. So as I'm sure you've heard, this was a wonderful conversation. These were just some of the points covered during the interview and other salient points, other clips will be shared on my Facebook page as well as on Instagram. Just look for WhatsApp social media on either of those platforms. I will also be sharing links to Shahad's social media accounts and website, including for connective pros as well as details, further details on his bio. I really, really am grateful to him for, you know, volunteering his time to talk with me. And it was really, you know, it was everything I could have hoped for. So thanks again, Shahad. Next week, we are back to our original format of covering the news of the past week in the podcast itself. So don't worry. We will be having more interviews in the coming weeks and I will let you know when they are on their way. So that's it for this week. Have a great rest of week. Work hard, be productive, be creative and see you again soon. Take care. Bye. Music was Back to Summer by Nexlo on SoundCloud.